Did you ever ask the question, I wonder how I could find the evidence in God's Word about the work, the power, the anointing, and the evidence of the blood of Jesus in greater measure? Did you know that the atonement unconcealed is Calvary revealed? God's eternal plan of salvation is really revealed in every book of the Bible, hidden in the similitudes and symbols of what I call blood evidence. Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Corral, and today I want to speak to you about the messianic mysteries in God's Word that bring deliverance from the pain of our past and bring us into the promise of our prophetic destinies through the blood of Jesus. But before we do that, today I want to invite you to our website. Our website is mydayofdestiny.com. There you can find our past podcasts and also you can order my latest book on the anointing called Secrets of the Anointing that was featured on the beloved program of Sid Roth, It's Supernatural. Now, beloved saints, get ready because today I want to share with you one of the most powerful messianic mysteries hidden in the Word of God that I believe that if you have been dealing with personal pain, if you are dealing with any spirits of rejection or any type of bondage that you feel is blocking your blessing, today's podcast is going to just bring healing, deliverance, and breakthrough for you. Now, let's go to the Word of God. Did you know that your pain is precious to God? Did you know that God does not expect you to shove the pain under the rug, not deal with it, and pretend it didn't happen? That we serve a God that even when we read a narrative that seems to be very distant from where we are right now in our life, if you study the scripture carefully, you will see God's nature in the narrative. And one of the most compelling aspects of the Word of God is that always God shows His compassion in the context of every narrative that we read concerning our personal pain and our issues. And I want you to know that one of the most powerful messianic mysteries in the Bible is found hidden in what we call the cities of refuge. Have you ever wondered about the blood of Jesus? Did you know that throughout eternity, for millions, billions, trillions, and numerous years that cannot be counted, we will still be singing the song that the angels cannot sing. And that is the song concerning the power in the blood. Now, beloved saints, I want you to see that throughout the scripture, wherever we see atonement, when we see atonement unconcealed, 
That means any area of atonement, whether it's atonement through silver, which silver was a spiritual similitude and type and shadow of atonement, such as we see in Exodus 30 through the half shekels of silver that were an atonement for the souls of those in Israel, or whether it is through the sacrificial system that was in place in the Old Testament, whatever type of sacrifice out of all five sacrifices, whether it was the day of atonement itself or any other prophetic parallel of atonement beginning in the book of Genesis all the way, all the way through the book of Revelation. I want you to understand that atonement unconcealed is Calvary revealed. And we prove this through what I call blood evidence. Now, beloved saints, when there is a court of law and one is presenting a case in the court of law, the burden of proof must be established and the burden to produce what is called the burden of proof is placed upon the shoulders or it is placed in the hands or the responsibility of the party that is making the claim. Now, I want you to know that heaven has put a claim in. Heaven has placed a claim. And the claim is that Calvary covers it all. The claim is that the blood of Jesus has driven out all demonic spirits and utterly destroyed their power. The claim is that by his stripes, you have already been healed. The claim is that no matter what you are going through, the power of the blood of Jesus has already purchased and already paid the price. Did you know that as the bride, you are already considered the purchased possession according to Ephesians 1.14. The purchased possession is another name for the bride because in biblical times, the bride was always purchased. And did you know that the bridegroom or the father of the bridegroom in biblical times had to pay a dowry, which was called a mohar in biblical times? Well, I want you to know the heavenly father has paid a mohar. The heavenly father has paid a precious price. The price of his only begotten son and his precious blood has purchased the bride. I also want you to know that everything we see in scripture is the evidence and it shows us, it produces the proof of what Jesus Christ did and what his blood accomplished on Calvary's cross. You see, the burden of proof is usually established by various forms of evidence. We know that the most powerful form of evidence in a court of law is not only testimonial evidence, but also physical evidence. Testimonial evidence has already been provided for us through the word of the living God. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word of God be established. Testimonial evidence has produced 
produce the proof. It is the proof. Did you know, beloved saints, that in the Bible, when the Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, the word evidence translated from the Greek unto our language means proof. And we must understand that the Bible has already produced the proof. We have written evidence. We already have testimonial evidence that the blood of Jesus makes us whole, that the blood of Jesus has paid the price for our salvation, but also for our healing, for our deliverance, and it has paid the price for our destinies. Now, beloved saints, I want you to know that not only is testimonial evidence, which we see preserved throughout the books of the Bible, we see this uh, showcased, if you will, in every single book of the Bible where we see atonement. But I also want you to see that not only do we have testimonial evidence, but we also have what is called physical evidence. That physical evidence has been provided for us, beloved saints, in the form of blood evidence. You say, Dr. Corral, what are you talking about? You see, when we see types, shadows, similitudes, patterns, and any kind of prophetic profiling throughout the scripture that shows us the blood, we will see that it only meets the match of one individual, and that is Jesus Christ. Did you know that every piece of blood evidence presented in the scripture only matches with one? And that is with Jesus Christ. He is the fulfillment, and he is the exact express fulfillment of every place in the Bible where we see blood evidence presented. And today I want to present to you a piece of blood evidence that I believe will produce the proof that you have already received miracles and healing. No matter what spirit has ever come against you, no matter what spirit has ever tried to pursue you your entire life, that spirit has been conquered. That spirit can no longer touch you because you have been freed through the blood. How are we going to prove this? We are going to see this, beloved, in one of the most powerful messianic mysteries in the Bible, shown to us in what is called the cities of refuge. The cities of refuge are not only given to us in three books of what we call the Torah or the Pentateuch, but we also see the city of refuge written in the book of Joshua. Now, we see beloved saints, the cities of refuge as a type and a shadow of the Lord, our God being our refuge, being the place where we run, being the place where we find shelter, being the place that we know is safe. Now, I want you to understand if we look at the cities of refuge in the very first reference that we see the cities of refuge, we will find a very brief very, very, very brief description of the cities of refuge found in Exodus chapter 21, verse 13. 
And actually, unless a person actually knew that this was the actual reference to the city of refuge, we would actually miss it. But I want you to see the way that the Bible has it written for us. The Bible says in Exodus 21, 13, if a man lie not in wait, but God deliver him into his hand, then I will appoint thee a place where he can flee. Now, the very first thing that I want you to see is that the other books in the Bible, such as the book of Numbers, goes into documented detail in Numbers chapter 35. And basically, the entire chapter speaks to us about the cities of refuge. Then we see another version of the cities of refuge in Deuteronomy chapter 16. Then again, we see the cities of refuge brought up for us in the book of Joshua. But in Joshua's version, we actually get six of the cities of refuge, which were the six primary cities out of the 48 Levitical cities that were named by God as the cities of refuge. Now, beloved saints, I don't mean to bore you with Hebrew history, but everything in the Bible is personal, powerful, prophetic, and relevant. And it is absolutely doctrinally important that we understand these prophetic truths so that we will have the evidence and that we will receive the healing that Jesus Christ has provided for us through his precious blood. Notice the wording in Exodus chapter 21, the most brief version of the cities of refuge. Notice that the wording seems unusual and it is written this way on purpose to raise a question. Sometimes the Bible omits information, does not include it, and it is done that way on purpose so that we might be able to see that the author's intent wrote it this way. It completely inspired by God because all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it is profitable. All scripture is profitable. That means there is there's nothing in the Bible that is not relevant for our day to day because the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is profitable for, uh, for doctrine, reproof, and correction in righteousness. Now, let us look at this profitable text that we are going to see that is going to lead us to our destiny. Here we see, if a man lie not in wait meaning if it was not intentional, but God deliver him into his hand, then I will appoint thee a place where he can flee. Doesn't this sound a little strange the way that it is written? I will appoint thee a place where he can flee. It should actually read, I will a place him a place that he can flee. But notice this scripture is, is absolutely changing the way that the text is written so that we might understand that this is not just some irrelevant historical piece of Hebrew information that's put in the Bible, that this is something personal, powerful, prophetic, and relevant, and that God is actually telling us that the cities of refuge have for us a prophetic truth that is going to last throughout eternity. Notice what the Bible says. I will appoint thee a place where he can flee. Notice God is saying, I'm going to appoint you a place. So God, first of all, wants us to know that he has appointed us a place. And that word flee in the Hebrew language actually translates to escape. So God is saying, I am making a way of escape for you. 
And we are going to see that that way of escape that God has made for the for all of us and not only for all of us in this time of 2021, but we are also going to see that in biblical times, the heart of God was so concerned about those that were being falsely accused and Perhaps there was an accidental death that took place that the person had absolutely nothing to do with. The scripture is going to show us that God is so concerned that an avenger of blood does not seek after a person who did not intend for this sudden shock, this trauma, this tragedy to appear in their life. So God made a city of refuge. Now, I want you to understand that the avenger of blood in a personal, powerful, prophetic sense of scripture is a personal prophetic parallel of a destroying spirit. And I want you to know that there are some of you that have been pursued by destroying spirits in your life that have tried to destroy you. Just as we see, beloved saints, in the book of Mark, in the gospel, according to Mark, there was a father who was so concerned about his son who was possessed with, the Bible says, with a deaf and dumb spirit spirit. Now, I want you to know you may not, of course, because if you belong to Jesus, you are not possessed. But there are some of us that have been oppressed. And that oppression came from some traumatic experience or from someone uh, that we knew in our life or some from some traumatic thing that happened in our life that could have perpetuated uh, trauma from happening, happening in our life year after year month after month, week after week, or it could have been just a cycle. And what happened in Mark chapter nine was that this young man continued to throw himself into the fire. And as soon as he was pulled out into the fire, the spirit would attack him again and it would try to drown him in the water. Now, I want you to know this is a destroying spirit. And the destroying spirit in the Hebrew scriptures is likened unto what is called the avenger of blood. A person who out of nowhere may be loaned their axe to someone and the axe flew off the handle and the handle accidentally hit someone in the head. And then the avenger of blood would be after the person that loaned the axe. Here they did an act of kindness and now they are being pursued for their life to be taken as an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I want you to see that the heart of God is not an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. I want you to see that God designated cities that were called cities of refuge. And I want you to see that throughout the Bible, the Bible is going to show us that these cities of refuge are a personal, powerful, prophetic, relevant uh, comparison to the believer taking refuge in God. God wants you to know that there is a remedy that he has already prepared for your relief, a place where the cycle stops, a place where the avenger of blood or what we would call a destroying spirit has no power. You see the avenger of blood could not pursue the person to the city of refuge. When they came to the grounds of the city of refuge, the six cities of refuge in the land of Israel in a historical sense of scripture were under the jurisdiction of the high priest. So this meant that the high priest governed uh, all of the six cities of refuge. But technically, 
in a historic sense, all 48 Levitical cities were actually cities of refuge. But the ones that were under the governorship of the high priest were the primary six cities of refuge. This meant that a person could flee there and be safe. A person could flee there and never worry about the avenger of blood. You see, they were a place that is in a personal, powerful, prophetic sense of scripture, a place where a person would find rest, a person would find relief, a person could be relieved of the avenger of blood. And I want you to know that God is our rock. God is our refuge. God is the one that whom we hide. He is the one who is the shelter in the time of storm. He is our fortress and he is our rock. Now, beloved saints, in our last uh, in our last teaching we shared with you about the cities of refuge and first and foremost we must understand that the text is going to teach us one of the most powerful messianic mysteries that we see not only in the book of numbers but also in Joshua that a person who was taking refuge in one of the six cities of refuge remained there safely they were safe from the avenger of the blood until the death of the high priest. And when the high priest died, the persons that were in the cities of refuge could safely return back to their land. They could safely return back to their homes. They would never have to worry about the avenger of blood again. The avenger of blood could never seek them, could never come after them in the night, could never try to uh, sidetrack them or come at them or try to um, bring an eye for an eye for or a tooth for a tooth. Now, I want you to see that at the death of the high priest, our great high priest, the Bible says that our great high priest, Yeshua HaMashiach, ever lives to make intercession for us. The Bible tells us that we do not have a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but in all points as we, he was without sin. The Bible says that our great high priest in the book of Hebrews passed through the heavens and put his blood upon the mercy seat in heaven so that we see that Jesus Christ who according to a Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 is called the apostle and the great high priest we must understand that Hebrews chapter 4 tells us that he was tested in all points as we yet without sin the Bible tells us that this great and merciful high priest has a, is a high priest that is greatly touched by the feelings of our infirmities so therefore we must understand that the death of the high priest in the times of the cities of refuge served as an atonement that somehow through the death of the high priest now the avenger of blood could no longer touch those who took refuge in the cities of refuge that they could safely return back to the place of promise they could safely return back to their inheritance they could safely return back to their land back to their family and I want you to see that this is a prophetic parallel of you returning back to your destiny, back to your place, back to your promise through the death of the high priest. And that through the death of the high priest, that spirit, that destroying spirit, that avenger of blood could no longer touch them. I want you to know that through the death of your high priest, Jesus Christ, no spirit can touch you again, that you are actually free from any spirit that wants to oppress, depress, 
oppress any spirit that wants you to go into a place that you have no more dominion, a spirit that wants to take your life, a spirit that wants to oppress you, afflict you, restrict you, constrict you. I want you to know that that spirit is under the blood of Jesus. Now, let us go very quickly to the six cities of refuge and let us see their prophetic parallel in the word of God. First of all, we are going to see that in Joshua chapter 6, we are going to see in verses 7 and 8, the six cities of refuge. And in these six cities of refuge, we are going to see how God is our refuge. And we are going to see the messianic miracle of healing in all six of these cities of refuge. So we are seeing messianic mysteries in two different dimensions of deliverance. First, we see that through the death of the high priest, a spirit cannot touch us, that the avenger of blood, which is a prophetic parallel of a destroying spirit, that that avenger of blood could not touch them while they were in the cities of refuge, but in the cities of refuge, they were like in a place of exile. They could never return to their families because if they left the cities of exile, then the avenger of blood could kill them legally. You see, the avenger of blood could pursue them. So the cities of refuge gave them safe asylum away from the avenger of blood. Now I want you to see that the blood of Jesus has also provided for us a safe haven under the jurisdiction of the high priest. The enemy cannot touch you. I want you to know that this is a place, a haven of rest, a place of refuge where we make the Lord, our God, our rest, our refuge, our rock, our deliverance, our high tower, our shelter in the time of storm. But then we also see a second dimension of deliverance, that the persons that were in exile couldn't see their families because why? They went to this exile and oftentimes the exiled, the cities of refuge were far away from their families. They could not return to their inheritance, to their land, to the possession of promise. But you see, through the death of the high priest, as soon as the high priest died, the avenger of blood could never legally touch them again. So they were free to leave that place and return to the place of promise. I want you to see a second dimension of deliverance we see through the city of refuge that is a tremendous messianic mystery. We are, show, we are shown here blood evidence. We are shown here testimonial evidence. And we are also shown here physical evidence of what the blood of Jesus does in our life. The blood of Jesus not only destroys spirits, but the blood of Jesus also releases us out and re returns us back to the place of our possession, returns us back to the place of promise. And these six cities of refuge represent the type of healing that we receive through the blood of Jesus. The first city is called Kadesh in Galilee. In Mount Naphtali, we find this in Joshua chapter six, looking, or excuse me, Joshua chapter 20, verse seven. This word, Kadesh in, in Galilee. Kadesh means to make holy, but Galilee is actually taken from the Hebrew word Galil. And this word Galil is a circle. It means a circle. And a circle can prophetically parallel a cycle. I want you to know that the blood of Jesus has made us clean and it has stopped our cycle. The second city of refuge we see is called 
Bezar in the wilderness of the plain of the tribe of Reuben. Now, Bezer in Hebrew is a word that means vineyards. And I want you to see that this place, Bezer, which means vineyards or fruitful place that Jesus Christ through his blood will always use, no matter how agonizing, no matter how traumatizing our situation, he is going to make us fruitful in our affliction. He is actually going to make us have an experience like Ephraim. Do you remember that Joseph named his secondborn son Ephraim? And the Bible says, for the Lord has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Bezer was a place in the wilderness. Notice the way the text uh, actually, uh, the way the text uh, uh, actually writes this. It says Bezer, which means fruitfulness or vineyard, in the wilderness. So the wilderness is a dry place. The wilderness is a desolate place. But did you know that God is going to make you fruitful in the land of your affliction? That means that all of your pain will always bring gain into your life when you submit it into the hands of the one who loved you, the one who shed his precious blood. This means that he will reverse the curse and that he will cause every bit of pain to be used toward gain in your life. Let us look at the third one. The third one, the Bible says, and the Bible says, and Kirjath Kirjath Arba, which is in Hebron, in the mountain of Judah. Kirjath Arba. Arba was actually, Kirjath Arba is actually Hebron, its ancient name. And Kirjath Arba is named after Arba that was the giant in the land that came from the Anakims. And I want you to understand that Caleb, when he first came into the promised land, was in his 80s. And did you know that Caleb slew a giant? Did you know that the blood of Jesus is going to work through us and no matter what state we're in, no matter how old we are, we still have dominion over every principality and power. And did you know that through the blood of Jesus, we have already been given dominion in the land of our destiny. And it does not matter what what giant tries to stop us, that we have already received the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ to bring down every giant, every principality, every power that wants to block us from our destiny. And then we see the fourth city on the other side of the Jordan. And we see this fourth city, which is Ramoth in Gilead. Ramoth is it means a high place. And we see this also illustrated in the word Rama. Ramoth in Gilead. Gilead was a place, dear people of God, in the tribe of Manasseh, but it was a place, dear people of God, where the balm of Gilead, which was healing, a healing balm, basically used to bind up wounds. The Bible says in the book of Jeremiah, is there any balm in Gilead. It was a special remedy that brought relief in the ancient world for for specific wounds. It was like a healing medicine to bind up wounds. Now, I want you to understand that the only person throughout the Hebrew scriptures that was ever going to be a healer of broken hearts or a healer of wounds was Jesus Christ. Did you know that the messianic mysteries that are revealed in the word of God 
show us that the Messiah is going to bind up the brokenhearted in Isaiah chapter 61. No, Moses never bound up anybody's broken heart. No, Samuel never went about healing the brokenhearted. No, Elijah never bound up anybody's broken heart. But the Messiah, the one who is God's anointed, Yeshua HaMashiach, he is known to be prophesied by the prophet Isaiah, one who is going to bind up the brokenhearted. And we see this messianic mystery hidden in the balm of Gilead. Then we see that the next city of refuge that we are seeing here, dear people of God, in the tribe of Manasseh. Now, I want you to understand, dear people of God, that Manasseh is very spiritually significant. Why? Because we also see Joseph. When God delivered Joseph and brought him up out of the pit into the palace, and Joseph <clears throat> became ruler over the land of Egypt, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 41, verse 51, that the daughter of uh, the priest of On, whose name was Astanath. She bore unto to Joseph two sons, and he named the firstborn Manasseh. Manasseh means God has made me forget. Now, beloved saints, I want you to understand that the miracle of Manasseh is a miracle that God wants to give you. And truly, we see in the miracle of Manasseh, a messianic mystery. Did you know that Manasseh was the only tribe in all of the tribes of Israel that actually inherited two parcels of the promised land? Manasseh inherited not only on the western side of the Jordan, but also on the east eastern side of the Jordan. And God wants you to know that through the Messiah and through uh, him being made our refuge, our strength, our rock, he is going to give you double for your shame. The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 61, verse seven, for your shame, you shall have double. And Manasseh is a tribe that prophetically prefigures the miracle that God wrote, wrought in Manasseh shows us double for our shame because we see two parcels of the promised land one on the eastern side and one beloved also on the western side. So we see that Manasseh represents the double portion destiny, double for your shame. And so beloved saints today, I want to pray for you because I believe that God is breaking every stronghold, every principality, every power off of your life. And today God is going to make you forget. He is not just going to give you amnesia and make you block out of your mind what happened, but no God. God is going to change your situation, your impossible situation into such a redemption that you are going to see that God has brought such deliverance, such healing. He has lifted your head to such a place that he has brought elevation out of all of your tribulation to such a point that when you look back on your darkest days, you're only going to see destiny. Heavenly Father, I thank you today that the darkest days of our life are only going to lead us to destiny. I thank you, Lord, that through the blood of Jesus, one of the greatest messianic mysteries, the great high priest that has, through his death, has purchased for us, Lord God, a salvation that has brought us to you and also cleansed us from sin, but also destroyed every destroying spirit 
that was after our life. I thank you, Lord, that you have stopped the cycle. I thank you, Lord, that you have broken the bondage of every giant. I thank you, Lord, that today you are bringing fruitfulness in our affliction. We thank you, Lord, that you have also brought us to Shechem. Shechem was the second place listed in the cities of refuge. And Shechem was the place that Joseph was sold into slavery. It was the place that he was kidnapped. It was the place that he was human trafficked. He was humanly trafficked. It was the place that he was brought down to Egypt out of Shechem. It was the place he was betrayed by his brothers. But did you know that on that very dark day when he was pulled up out of the pit, he was really being led into the place of predestined promise that the land of Egypt that looked so dark was really going to be the place of his destiny. And God wants you to know that the darkest day of your life is really going to be the day of your destiny, that God is going to bring you into that place of ruling. He is going to bring you into that place of reigning over all of your enemies. And God, we praise you and thank you that during this season, as we prepare for day of atonement, which is going to show us the blood-bought victory of the cross of Calvary. Lord, we have no interest in anything but the cross of Calvary when we study the atonement. And we thank you, Lord, that through every sign, every similitude, every place where we see atonement unconcealed, we see Calvary revealed. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Beloved Saints today, if you have received your miracle through this podcast, I invite you to become part of our worldwide Hesed. That is Hesed for the poorest of the poor all over the world. We help pastors. Our burden right now is in India to persecuted pastors who are so very impoverished, who are not able to evangelize with the depths of evangelization since COVID hit India, one of the worst countries for COVID in the entire world. We are supporting pastors, indigenous pastors, to go forward out of their villages to evangelize Hindus and really absolutely risk their lives for the gospel. I invite you today to be part of worldwide evangelism, helping our pastors, such as Pastor Silas, Pastor Moby, and so many others that God is using greatly for the glory of God. Also, you can be part of our work in Uganda, feeding children every single day, or our work in Pakistan with the marginalized church that is serving God even though they are living in daily threats of radical ideologies trying to pull down the work for the gospel. You can do this today. Help our global initiatives all over the world with giving to poor pastors, orphans, children in their daily feeding programs. By today, sowing your seed with Hesed. That's You Can Sow Today online. Hesed, C-H-E-S-E-D. Text to give. That's C-H-E-S-E-D, and you can text it to 77977, or go to our website and so on PayPal at breathofthespirit.org. Thank you for joining us today on this podcast. I'm Dr. Michelle Corral, and we'll see you very soon.